Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 287. And we go. Wait, so get a shot, Is that the message you Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host, at Michael J. Putty. Here we are, the first show of 2022. The first show without Betty White. But not my first oh. show with COVID. Oh, my God. And Mark Schwann's here. Mark, what's going on, buddy? Happy New Year. You're not going to give me a proper introduction to this, how we're starting off the year. Ladies and gentlemen, it is me, your oh, favorite actor, Mark Schwann. How long have you been doing and... this? How long have you been doing this? Hey, the, hey, microphone, the microphone's right in front of your mouth, and you're yelling. Hey, yo, yo. Back up, Yo, you're chill yell. out over there. Back up, you're gonna yell. Chill out. We we have a guest here. You're embarrassing. I cannot me. do domestic disputes, guys. Could we could we go to our respective corners? There we go. Here it is, guys, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't recognize the voice already, then you are clueless. He is the voice himself, Cheyenne Ortiz. What is good, my man? What's going on, guys? Thank you for having me. Long time coming. Very excited to talk about anything and all things wrestling. Maybe some nerd talk. How you guys doing tonight? Well, again, I have COVID, so I need to start off the show on a bad note. <laughs> Well, I'll just break the news. Putty and I are recovering from from COVID, so I'm always curious. Did you have it pre-vaccination the way that I did? No. So I had it pre-vaccination in April of 2020, and then I had it the day after Christmas. So what were your experiences? Well, me and Mark had the similar experience back in September, thanks to fucking dirty Jersey. It was bad. Mark, had, I think Mark had a little worse than I did in certain certain symptoms. I had the bad cough. Mark yeah. like he was dying with fevers. That's right. And stuff. He told me about this the uh, the karaoke incident. Yeah. This the time around, incident. I felt like I'm just getting sick. The symptoms went away. And if they, they come back, it feels like I'm getting sick. I'm not, I don't feel sick. If that makes sense. Gotcha. Gotcha. There was one specific day. It was early on where I legit felt like I was going to die. And I was vaccinated. It, it was, it sucked, man. And I also found, I found out that I had COVID like pretty much right after I found out that I'm going to be a dad. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even get a chance to like, really enjoy that moment and celebrate it. Said right. like I was I was freaking out or like oh my god I have COVID I was just hugging and kissing my wife how's that going to affect the baby is luckily my baby my daughter they didn't get it like we're all good there with that I recovered it sucks a putty you got it again it sucks it Shane you you test negative today though as of today you are I, I got my first negative test today so I'm hoping for a second one tomorrow there you go there you go. Because allegedly you could t- you could still test positive up to ninety days after getting COVID. Apparently, as I told yeah, you, yeah, after ninety days because I um I tested positive yesterday. Wow, I tested positive yesterday on um on a rapid. So today I was able to get a PCR and I was able to get same day results. And at about oh nice seven thirty is when they hit me with uh, the results. So I, I'm I'm pleased. And to be fair, this is. I still got some aches, but this is the most normal I've felt in two weeks. Wow. You seem good, man. Yes, you seem good. good. You both seem good. Actually, Putty, I was saying beforehand, yeah. uh, last time we did a show together, we both had COVID. I mean, I'm not saying I looked like a million bucks, but you looked like shit. Yeah. Um, but here you, you you look good. You look at your normal self. 
yeah, I feel I feel pretty good right now. Like this morning wasn't that great. Um, I did a lot of shoveling to do. So later on, I felt weak. But uh, right now, I'm doing pretty good. All right. Yeah. If if you're not overexerting your, if you can like truly relax, yeah. it, it really is a big help. What sucks was like I found out I was in contact with somebody who had COVID. So I went the place I get tested is you can't get an appointment anywhere. So a coworker of mine told me about this pop up tent by my house. So I went there. But you had to do it yourself. I'm like, all right, this is weird. I was yeah. ne- I was negative, and then Tuesday I started feeling sick. I went to the store. I got a bunch of uh, at home tests, and every time I took one, it came back negative. I went through a drive through PCR place. Again, I had to do it myself. Everything came back negative. Thursday, I was ready to go back to work. I'm like, all right, I felt okay. And um, I just did one before I left for work. I was ready to go to do one randomly, and it came back positive. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh, no way. So I went to the uh, urgent care to get one professionally done and uh, positive, yeah. They say if you can get a false negative on the at-home rapid tests, but if it says positive, more likely you're positive. There's no false positives. Right. Yeah, okay. I, uh, that's another reason why I, I try to let a professional do it. Yeah. Because, you know, ultimately, we are not all doctors and nurses and health professionals. We're looking for answers just like everybody else. So why am I going to jab, you know, this giant thing up the back of my nose? Yep. You know, I'd much rather, do I like standing in line for it? Hell no. But I'd much rather have somebody else do it. Even if I had, like, a a girlfriend or a family member do it, hell no. I want a health professional to molest my nose. Hell yeah. No, exactly. I remember when, when I got the kit. Uh, initially, I, I had like I had a party to go to actually that day. Um, I, I was feeling like shit. I thought I was just like run down from Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was like something feels dramatically off. So I, I I got the thing at CVS, and I remember, dude, like I suck the science, I, I especially like, well, I shouldn't even say especially all forms of science. I really sucked at. Uh, so I felt like I was back in like science class in high school, like the lab, like reading the thing. But I, at the same time, I'm freaking out because I have somewhere to be. I might have right. COVID. So I'm not reading this right. Like, I felt like I was fucking up left and right. Uh, and you only get two tries. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'll just wait online. I'll have a professional do it, as you guys said. And, and thank God I did, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the worst part about it was, I kid you not, from the, from the 17th or the 18th to the 23rd. I was getting tested one to three times every other day because wow. I continuously kept getting exposed at wrestling shows. Yeah. Uh, I got exposed going to see Spider-Man. Um, I got exposed at work. Like there were all these red flags. And then on the 23rd alone, I took three tests that day, a rapid and two PCRs. I got the call the day after Christmas. I came back negative on the rapid positive on both PCRs. How's that? Damn. Well, that's what they say. The PCR is more in, um, more in depth yeah so yeah if you're yeah. positive on pcr so, you're so i found out the day after christmas and uh my the end of my year sucked yeah and yeah and and here we are today rock and roll and thanks to the cdc i had to go back to work this past week so oh my god well luckily you guys are okay here uh other than covid cheyenne uh let's get to know you a little bit more here uh let sure. the audience get to know you a little bit more here so uh you do commentary like us. Well, I'm a, Lib- I'm a Libra, and I enjoy long walks on the beach. Oh, okay. Here we go. I make a tasty homemade guacamole. Oh, ladies, ladies. Well, you said get you your nose. I was hoping in that perspective, but no. Go ahead. What do you got? <laughs> no, no. I was saying you do commentary like us. Uh, you were supposed to do uh, commentary for BCW Queen of the North 3, January 21st. Yeah. Unfortunately, for those that are not in the know yet, that show has been postponed to March 19th. Still happening. Still happening. 
the matches are not set in stone yet. We're hoping that most of the talent will come back. Of course, you know, cards are subject to change, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Cheyenne, though, uh, let's let's get the scoop right now. Are you still going to be doing commentary for that date? Uh, as, what's going on? As long as of right now, the date is open. I tell everybody the same thing, including um, Anthony Cole. As long as my home fed is not running that day, I'll be there. Respect. Respect that. First dibs on, on all of my dates. Um and basically, as long as they're not running, I'll be there. The, the biggest bummer for me is I was going to BCW shows when they first started at the Elks in Queens. Right. And, and I kid you not, um, this, you know, people might make fun of this. I've been trying to get booked on BCW since 20, since 2016. Oh, wow. So, so this was, will be your first time ever doing commentary for BCW? Oh, I, yeah. And on a lot of the 2016 and 17 shows I was at. And this would have been my first time on headset, and I was going to do commentary with uh, with Vita Scott as my color commentator. That's right, Vita Scott. Uh, BCW did not get a chance to make that official announcement yet before we, uh, we had to uh, cancel here. Yeah, uh, Vita Scott, that would have been awesome. You know, you Vita Scott. I know AJ Pan probably was going to get on commentary too. It would have been a good tandem, man. Would have been a very good tandem there. Yeah. So, uh, but as long as as long as uh, my home fed is not running the same date, I'm there. I really. This is the first time in a long time that I wanted to be on a show because I've been trying to, to get with BCW for a couple of years and for various reasons, it just didn't work out and the opportunity came for this and it's Queen of the North. Like this is their premier event. No offense to the guys like this is their premier event at BCW. So to be a part of it was a real thrill for me. I love being at marquee uh, match cards and I, and I love calling wrestling. And no joke, man, like that card was stacked. Yeah, and, and, and I want to make a statement right now. It, it didn't matter to me. Obviously, it's Queen of the North. It's a women's-based show. Like, I don't care about men's wrestling, women's wrestling. I love calling wrestling. There you go. Preach. I'm not a firm believer that women's wrestling is lower or men's wrestling is superior or this or that. Wrestling is wrestling. If you're good, you're good. And I love putting the words to great stories. So I'm, I'm hoping that I really could be a part of this one. You know, dude, I, I have to say, uh, doing commentary ourselves, I am so jealous. I am so jealous of you, the fact that you're, you got, you're going to get the chance to do commentary for this because it is a great card. Uh, I am totally with you. It doesn't not necessarily matter, man, woman, uh, trans. Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily care who's in the ring. All we care about is good wrestling. But I have to say, man, within the last what, couple of years now, the women have consistently, I feel like, been outworking the guys. And Absolutely. I've, I've been saying that because I, I think they're hungrier. I think they're a lot hungrier. Well, I tell you, obviously, women's wrestling has continuously been hot since 2015, right? But it has been really hot on the indies uh, since 2018. So now, 2018, you have the opening of AEW. Women's wrestlers are hungry for their goals. So they're hungry for exposure. They're hungry to get better. They're hungry for a litany of reasons. And, you know... Now, what it was before, I remember getting into the wrestling business, the concept of there's so many wrestlers and then WWE and Impact only hires but so many. Well, now check out how many women's wrestlers there are. I know, man. And women's and- wrestling is the only market that you can never say is oversaturated. That's that's like the hardest part of it for them. Right. Right. And it's just so many. And like The fact that like I love the fact that Impact has been uh, you know, making signings like Mercedes Martinez. Masha Slamovich, Lady Frost, like 
that division is stacked. Like the knockouts division is, I think, the best women's division out there. Yeah, for 2021, uh, 2022, excuse me, you're going to see a resurgence over at Impact for sure. Oh, totally, totally. But, like, then you look at AEW, and for when it first started off, like, you know, people would easily say, like, the women's division was the weakest division there, but they've really formed a good bond and great chemistry over there. They've really built themselves up to, to contenders. And then, of course, you know, you have the staple WWE women. Charlotte Flair is just Charlotte Flair. Uh, Becky Lynch, phenomenal. Like, the list goes on for the 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 talent over there in WWE. It's just so many. Then you have the unsigned talent as yeah, well. Like yeah. in indies, just crushing it all around. Like I feel like women wrestling, dude, it is phenomenal right yeah, now. Really and no is. discredit to the men, but seriously, like they're just so damn good. No, 100, 110%. And um, I, I think there were things that what AEW didn't have in the women's division, WWE had. What those two didn't have, Impact had. And you know, every division has their their niches. Not everyone is perfect, you know. So I'm really looking forward to what women's wrestling is going to do. I think AEW is also about to go uh, to a zenith as well because um, I think you're seeing the women's division balance out better. Well said. Yeah, especially now with uh, the emerg- the the emergence now of the TBS title right. that Jade Cargill just won. Uh, we'll probably get into that later, but you know. Having a mid-card championship for a women's division, I think, is a game-changer. That's uh, something I've been advocating for WWE to, to do for the longest time. The, the tag titles aren't really doing anything for that division. Uh, I'm, I'm glad AEW took that step, and I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes. Uh, yeah. But to, to get Putty involved in the conversation here, uh, because I know he feels like a third wheel, you guys have a little bit of something in common. Wrestling action figures. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We saw the... Cl- we saw a little bit of that collection there, dude. Tell us about so that. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it a bit. So, Putty, what do you collect and what do you have? Because I'm willing to do some on air trades, brother. See, I don't know why Mark said I don't, I don't really collect. I'm not a collector. I like to buy them. You right? You have a bunch. So I, have, I have a bunch, and I just bought them not to collect them. I bought them to have. That makes sense. And so okay. I bought a bunch of the um, what's the unmatched Fury line. Oh, that's a great line. So I have them. I took them out of the box. I displayed them for a little bit. Yeah. And then um, that line I have, and I, I have a couple. Uh, see that you have the same ones. I forgot the name of them offhand. I have a couple of WrestleMania moments. Oh, okay. I have a couple of those. Yeah. But I've taken mine out of the box. I've, I think I have Trish Stratus and Teddy Biasi still in box. And so when I took those Funko Pops, I took all of them out of, out of the box. And then I realized maybe oh, I should wow. maybe I shouldn't be taking them out of the box. So I have a couple still in box, and I feel like a stupid idiot taking everything out of the box now. So I think it loses well, its value. I'll tell you what, loses its value when you get out of the box. What, the unmatched series, you were better off keeping them in the box value wise. But I tell you, they look amazing displayed. Oh yeah, so I took them out. I'm like, I took them all out, beautifully displayed, and I'm like, well, maybe I should not have taken them out of the box. Yeah, because the box you can open up the window. I'm like, now I feel like an idiot taking them out of the box. I can go back. But you, but, I have to say though, the collection you have though, Putty, I, I've been to your place a few times. Like it's. You have a good setup, man. It looks cool. It's small, but yeah, it's it's, uh, it's decent. Yeah, I mean, Cheyenne, I, I saw what you have, like a glimpse of what you have. Like, yeah, it's nothing compared. You have a couple of shelves. <laughs> I have a couple of shelves in my bookcase of the uh, unmatched fear and the Funko Pops. But you, Cheyenne, have a whole wall of Funko Pops. I've noticed. I, I, well, it doesn't do it justice because this is audio. It's it's not finished. It's close to being finished. I'm I'm hoping to have it done by the end of the month. But I'll I'll move the camera real quick. So I'm going to start from in front of me. So I have a Batman section. 
perfect. So do I. Awesome. Oh, true. Nikos Rikos would love that. Because I'm a big Batman guy. And I'm a big Nikos Rikos fan. And, and I didn't know he was a Batman guy. I know he's a collector, too. So now I got to bust his balls about that. Yeah, you're but, Batman you know, guy and collector. This is a little Batman section I got here. And then I'm going to start with my 16-foot-long uh, shelf. Oh, good. Oh. I can use the, the view, oh, wow, look at that. For, so for everyone that they can't see here, Giant's doing like basically he, he's doing a, a panoramic view here of his room. Yeah. So basically, it's, that's a it's all around. And for those of you that collect, uh, it starts with the uh, Jack's Classics line. Uh, there is four in each row. There's some exclusives. There's some signed ones. There's some one of three thousand in there. Um, I have signed figures from Demolition, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, and so forth. At the end, there are the Target Legends Elite figures wow. uh, that you you don't see in Manhattan very often, which makes me and my eBay credit card bill <laughs> extremely. <laughs> Those are my Funko Pops. They're in the box. Um, and there's a wall, guys. A wall. There's a wall here, Funko Pops. Yeah, there's about this section alone is about 80 something. Are they, are they all wrestling have, ones or other ones too? No, they're mixed. It's predominantly wrestling. It's wrestling, Batman, uh, and then mixed media, as I call it. So I got my Ghostbusters in there. I got nice. Duck Dodgers because I love Duck Dodgers. Uh, Coca Cola's in there because I'm a big Coca Cola guy. <laughs> um, Alex Trebek, Bob Ross is in there so I can stay Oh, sane. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I have a Rob Schamberger painting on that. each end of the wall That's nice. with their respective titles. Um, I have some replica belts here that I won in raffles. Um, I'm not a belt guy, but I have been blessed to win replica belts of every belt that I love in wrestling. So I have the Raw Tag Titles from the Rufus Aggression Era. Oh, wow. I, okay. have a, uh, I have a WCW 91 to 93 heavyweight title over there. Oh, wow. Huh. Oh, shit. Old school. And then I have the uh, the WCW Cruiserweight title from the Monday Night Wars, not the OG one from the Brian Pillman Liger days. And then here, that's kind of sort of, I guess we could call it my studio. There's my green screen, my television, and all my equipment. There's more Funko Pops up there. Those are my most prized ones with signings and the ones worth the most money. Which one is worth the most? Uh, not to put you in the spot. I have, I have two. I have two. Um... One I'll say on air because if I say the other one, someone's gonna find out where I live, and it will probably be a friend of mine. <laughs> um, but I have the Ric Flair uh, 2K, whatever that was, 18 Funko Pop. They did a thing with the video game and the Funko oh, yeah. Pop. I got that one too. And um, that's worth money. Oh yeah, is it? You got yours in the box? Yeah, I never took that one out. Yeah, keep that one in the box. Okay. Um, Hurry here first. Putty, yeah, yeah you, you, your eyes slip like Christmas. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, without it, without it being signed, yeah, about two something. Really? Wow. Okay. Now we're talking. And then the other one I have is, um, I mean, I can't retire, but it's up there. Well, all right, awesome. Wow. And then I have okay. two books with figures. I have the Defining Moments line. I have the Ultimate Edition line. I have exclusive figures. I have Ringside Collectibles figures. Um, so I, 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 I have, have a, I have a question. Yeah. I, because you know, I, I am not a collector. I'll, I'll state that. I, I had action figures back in the day, and yeah, my parents threw that shit out. It still hurts, but they would have been a lot worth a lot of money. But I, so, um, you're a collector. Do you do you intend on like trading this in for cash Good down question. the line? Uh, does it does it accumulate value over time, like bonds, if you will? Like how how does this work? So yes, I I have action figures here that are in fact older than my nieces and nephews nice um and how old are they 
Uh, I have action figures. I started collecting when I was 13 years old, and I'm 31. Wow. Okay. Okay. Respect. Okay. And 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 some of these figures are in fact older than than them. And you know, do the math. I bought an action figure, possibly at that time at 14.99, and even if they're only worth $55, still good ROI. Right. Um. So at the time I bought it not knowing that I would have this many. I, I never thought I would have this many. I'm very blessed. At the time when I got into figures, I, I just bought the ones I wanted. I bought them right. and have them. And then it just kind of evolved. And believe it or not, I let a lot of action figures go because I had shit jobs for a lot of years. Mm. Um, so, so you were able to trade that in for money at that point? Um, yeah. So there were some that I had to let go and sell for money, you know, bills and life happens. Another thing too, as I got into this, I realized that there are a lot of collectors, we talked about this earlier, especially those that buy ring-worn gear. They'll buy things as trade bait, or they'll buy two of something as trade bait. So they'll say, oh, I'm going to buy these two Ric Flair action figures. I'm going to keep one, and I'm going to keep this spare one so that I can get the Ultimate Warrior figure that I really, really want. That's smart. Mind. That's kind of like what Mark, Matt Cardona probably does. Uh, I, I know Cardona has traded some doubles, same with Brian Myers. Um, but to give you an example, I have three Ric Flair figures. They're the exact same figure. They're each worth about one seventy-five a piece. Well, what the right? Fuck? So, there's the cash, <laughs> so do the cash value on that one seventy-five times three. But if I wanted to trade them for a different figure that I'm missing, absolutely I could. Interesting. It is so fascinating. There's a whole world to this that we can spend hours talking about. Yeah, no, about, and, yeah. and and I I know I sound like a lot. But that's minuscule compared to the world itself. But a lot of people will buy something as what it's called trade bait. And that's that's more so for like ring-worn gear. When it comes to figures and Funkos, there's people that buy and sell and actually make a living off of it. God bless them. And there's people that, you know, they buy it and, you know, it's to sell one or to flip it or to trade it down the line. Yeah. So th- this is your crypto right here, pretty much. Yeah, no, I, I will say this. and And anybody who knows me, has heard me say this a thousand times. This is my 401k. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little Puerto Rican kid from the Lower East Side, just like Santana and Ortiz. I'm very blessed. I have a great job now. I have great benefits. So this was my savings fund. Well, wow. that's so cool. When, when did you and know that? And it still is. When did you know? Like, uh, okay, uh, maybe I shouldn't take these out of the box. You know, maybe, maybe I should like, you know, milk this for what it's worth, cash wise. I didn't I didn't know about the fight. I started at 13. The first one I bought was the Ric Flair Jacks Classics figure series two. I actually think I know which one you're talking about, yeah. It's it's in this beautiful black and gold box and it, it looks like it looks like a collector's item. It didn't look like an action figure I'd seen before. Yes. When you were buying action figures in the nineties, they look like they were meant to be played with. They look like they were meant to be abused and opened and beat to shit. Yep. Yep. <laughs> this looked like a collector's item. It blew my mind. Plot twist. Ric Flair is my favorite wrestler ever. I had to open it, right? Because it was an 80s Ric Flair figure. Mm. So I actually got, God bless her, my mom went back and bought me a second one. Oh, wow. No way. Because I specifically said, you know, like looking at the box over and over again, I didn't throw the box away for like a week that I wanted another one. Oh, wow. Okay. And then as I continued to buy that specific line, I never opened an action figure again from like 13 until like. Yeah, I wish I knew about that. I regret so many. 21. I regret opening so much stuff. 
couple yeah. years, a couple years yeah. ago, I was going to uh, a friend took me to Comic Con, and as a kid, I was a big Power Rangers fan, so I had all the toys, played with them, beat them up, took them out, whatever, and I see all the toys I had as a kid and in a booth going for triple digits. I'm like, damn, if I get a time machine and go back in time, <laughs> tell myself, don't fucking open those things. Yeah. That could be a fucking you savings account. If if I could go to a Man, if I can go to a time machine and go to a KB's Toys in the nineties, yeah. mm-hmm. oh KB Toys, dude! I, I, I don't know if I'd be Tony Khan or Vince McMahon, but yeah, yeah I could have my own small little Fed for sure. How are those Hasbro ones from back in the nineties? Are those worth anything at all? Like in the box? Yeah, I, I know people that bought them in the nineties when they were my age. Now, back then, at five dollars a shot. Yeah. And I know people that have thousands of dollars off of them. Shut the fuck up, dude. Are you yeah, serious? I'm an idiot, kid. I, I, I had to play with him. I give an example. I'm going to get fucking mugged because of this podcast, but it'll be a fun <laughs> mug. I have, so I don't. this will bring you back. I don't have the Warlord. I'm sorry, but I do have this. Oh, dude. Wait, that one's worth? I, I had that one. So it's not the treasured Purple Heart one, but this is a Bret Hart uh, Mint on Card Hasbro. Nice. Uh, mock means mint on card for those who don't collect or don't know. It's probably a seven out of ten because it's got a little dent at the top, but it's the red card at Hasbro. It's very hard to find because it's towards the end of the line, and like there's barely anything wrong with it at the bottom of the card. There's a really mild bubble lift, and it's signed, right? Three hundred bucks, ballpark. Wow. And I'm probably depending on who looks at it, they might tell you, "Oh, you're crazy. That's too much or too little." But that actually might say it's too little. About three hundred bucks here. Well. What the fuck? Because, yeah, those things were like five bucks. Back I mean, don't get me wrong. It's worth what somebody will pay for it. That's sure. the other thing about collecting that people always rule out. It's kind of like, is it kind of like pawn shop, if you will? Yeah. It's worth what, you know, if I come in there, if I come in there and tell Rick I want 300 for it, well, he's going to want to try to get it for 200 or maybe even 175 Those scumbags. You know, so, yeah, I, I've got, I've got tons of stuff here. Um, that's the other thing too about when I buy. I'm such a pain in the ass when I buy stuff because I know what it's worth. I know what it costs. So when I see somebody try to get a premium out of it, a profit, I'm like, no, that's okay, cool. I'm good. Because if I know Respect. it's worth, if I know it's worth 300, yo, right fucking now, I'll pull, I'll pull out 300. But if, right. if you're charging me five, no, thank you. Um, I'm not hungry. So you gotta do your homework, man. It's kind of like NFTs. You gotta know what you're talking about. NFTs, I know I know shit about. I try to get into it. <laughs> I took a mild course. Uh, I, I'm starting to get into crypto, but NFTs, I don't know shit. Dude, I, I, I'm i a big Gary Vee fan. I, I listen to him a lot. He talks about NFTs. I'm just like, what? Like, I, I try to listen. I'm like, I, 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 don't know, I don't know what you're saying here, man. Like, this is... So, yeah, if, if, if you don't know, you don't invest. That's, that's the old golden rule of investing. If you don't yeah. know what the fuck you're investing into, you stay away. Uh, I'll stick to and, stocks and that's it. This, I know, you know, even my stock portfolio, you know, I, I don't have a lot of money in there, but the stuff I've invested in is the stuff I know about. Yeah. I mean, dude, you're, you're doing pretty well over here. Dude, I found this absolutely fascinating. I, Putty, as you said before, I'm sure this could be a whole podcast in itself talking about this, but we do have a show to run here, right? This is a wrestling. Yeah, sure. We can talk about, we can talk about wrestling and, 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 uh, is... and, and other stuff. At a later date, but ask me whatever you want about wrestling. I'm all about it. Mark, uh, what's trending this week? Uh, all right, buddy. Well, WWE is at it again. It's winter cleaning, my man. So, 
going on to what's trending here. Sean Ross, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com, at Sean Ross Sapp. William Regal has been let go from the company. WWE has confirmed to Fightful. That one was truly shocking. It sent shockwaves all throughout the wrestling industry, not just WWE, but to the indies, to Impact, to AEW, all around. Everyone in the wrestling world was shocked and devastated by this. Johnny Gargano actually had a nice tweet here with a picture of uh, of him and Regal. If it wasn't for William Regal, a lot of your favorite guys wouldn't be on television. He got so many of us indie guys an opportunity he will never take credit for that, but he deserves his flowers for helping in molding this generation of wrestlers. Hashtag thank you, Regal. Beautifully said, honestly. Fans also feeling this as well. Wrestling Jeebus at Wrestling Jeebus. Imagine firing William Regal, a brilliant mind with 40 years of experience in the industry. Madness. So yeah. lots of feelings going on around about this, about William Regal's self. Uh, let's talk about this before we get into some of the other ones. Guys, William Regal. That's someone that I never thought would leave NXT because he's, as Johnny Gargano said, has helped so many people. Bailey tweeted something out as well uh, about like what he did, also with the four horsewomen. Uh, so many people like owe their careers to William Regal. I have I've talked to people from BCW in the Indies that they had to try out to, at uh, WWE that said the same thing about the, the advice that Regal gave. You guys, thoughts on this? Buddy, I'll let you go first on this one. It's a mixed bag. Truly, it's not a surprise. There's no room for William Regal in 2.0. But behind the scenes, he could still have been a coach. He still could have been a mentor. I know he was helping a lot of guys with, um, I think what Johnny, Johnny Organo mentioned, the promo classes. Mm. What he knows about this business is very beneficial. And I'm surprised it gave him the total boot. Because you know he, he wasn't coming back to NXT. There's no room for him there. Yeah. I understand that. But in the performance center, he gave out a lot. So I'm surprised they gave him the boot. I read somewhere that these rounds of cuts, William Regal specifically, uh, Danny Birch, Road Dog was, and they have admitted to this, a direct shot at Triple H. They're letting his guys go. Yeah, so about to get into that too. Uh, Cheyenne, let me hear your thoughts about William Regal specifically uh, before we move on talking about what Putty's talking about here. I was exceptionally shocked. I really was. That was something I didn't see coming because William Regal was becoming not just a a a foundation pillar of NXT, but he was a he was a pitching pole for the WWE. You know, and he was a guy that was out there in the indies. I can remember people um, that I knew that got hired for NXT in 2014 and 15. And when they would come down to visit, they would say, yeah, you know, Regal tells me all the time. If you if you have someone you want me to, to watch, you know, let me know. And if nothing yes. else, I'll watch. I'll watch their stuff. You know, and Regal would say all the time, you know, I can... I can tell if somebody's a good wrestler in, 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 in less than three minutes, but that's not what I'm looking for. He also had that Triple H ethos because he knew he knew that it was more than just being a mat wrestler because Regal himself was very, very entertaining, which is something that isn't talked about often. But no. that was somebody, and just last week, Jim Ross on his podcast was calling Regal a lifer. And was putting him over. Yeah. And was saying that he has a job for life in WWE. It's like Nick Khan or Vince McMahon was listening to that. Like, oh, well, we got to give him the axe now. You know, and to be fair, Regal was also a, a Vince McMahon guy for a lot of years. So that that always made me think he was safe also. Because he was kind of on good terms with both camps, I guess, if we could label it that way. Um, but I was shocked and I'm sad. But if I had to guess... He'll have a job somewhere else. So easily. If he wants it. 
if you want to. I mean, the man has put so many years into this business. Not, not even just talking about with WWE, but you know, back when with WCW and whatnot. Uh, there's so many years dedicated to wrestling. You know, for all we know, he might want to take a break. This might be it for him. Uh, but if he does want a job, for sure, he absolutely has one anywhere he wants one. Uh, but you know what? The, I mean, we talk about Road Dog. We talk quickly, about, just uh, the, yeah, quickly before we move on. Maybe he got released from his current WWE NXT contract, right? Again, he is one of the best minds of this business, especially talent scout wise. I think when he just mentioned it. So with their whole the new next in line program where they go into the collegiate levels and try to scout people from the college levels. I'm hoping he gets maybe rehired in some capacity as a scout. Maybe he was, maybe he was released from like his current position, but someone rehires him as a scout because I think he that would suit him better now. It's a yeah. Yeah, I mean, one would have to think he, it's a big gaping hole. Like, who would fill that hole? Scout who would wise? fill in? Well, it's funny because no he filled it for Jerry Briscoe, and a lot of people mm-hmm. felt that, True. you know, with Jerry Briscoe not being the scout, there would be this big gaping hole. And then Regal ultimately, you know, took that role of the scout, and Regal was doing it on the indies at Evolve, you know, yeah. in the UK, XYZ. So, you know, I I also feel as if he'd be great as a uh, as a scout as well. But who, who's even left at this point back there? Because now uh, Samoa Joe, as Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com, again, at Sean Ross Sapp, uh, Samoa Joe has been released by WWE. Fightful has confirmed with the company. More details to come on FightfulSelect.com this evening. Samoa Joe is another guy uh, on camera, backstage, big influence back there, uh, fired, rehired. Like, I feel like the, who else has let go? Uh, as you mentioned, Thatcher, uh, Gabe. Was let go as well uh, from Evolve. Scott Armstrong. There's just so many people. Like who else is there? I don't know if you can count him. Not well. No, you can't say PS. You can't say Hayes because uh, Hayes is all over on all three brands. Yeah. Um, and he was more during the infancy of NXT as well in 2012 and such. But I guess the only guy left, right? Matt Bloom. Matt Bloom, Shawn Michaels, Matt Bloom. only two right. guys left. Matt Bloom, Shawn Michaels. Well, you can't. Not that you can't count Shawn Michaels, but. He's triple he's H guy, long, long, it took it took them a while to get Sean to, to, to come down. Yeah, but he's a Triple H guy. Right. And they seem to be targeting Triple H's guy. Samoa Joe was rehired because Triple H fought for right. him just to so be then, involved yeah, Matt in NXT. Bloom, I mean, Robbie Brookside is still down there. So I'm I'm glad you're talking about Triple H, buddy. So we're gonna let's let's get into this. Alex McCarthy at Alex M underscore talk sport. Triple H was the man to bring Samoa Joe back. He found a role for him in his system slash brand. That has since been changed in the eyes of Vince McMahon. That's the long and short of it, I think. Hope to see Joe wrestle again, talking about Samoa Joe. But then we see Wrestling News at Wrestling News Co. People in WWE are reportedly sad, angry, and wondering what is next after Triple H's hires were released. Yep. A lot of people are wondering that. But then Cultaholic Wrestling, bringing to your point, bringing it home here at Cultaholic, a report has revealed that the recent NXT releases were done to remove Triple H hires. So as you talk about direct shots to Triple H, and even the fact with on NXT this past week, we saw Braun Breaker pretty much a direct shot at Triple H, kicking over the old NXT logo. Uh, Didn't kick it over. Some would be saying like it was a more direct it. shot, kick through it. More of a direct shot at Triple H than it was when Cody Rhodes smashed the the throne, the throne with a sledgehammer at AEW. What do you guys think about this? And uh, her also, it was a surprise to many people backstage. Nobody saw that coming. I don't understand why. Even Braun Breaker didn't know that was going to happen. Why were, you, why, were you, why were you attacking Triple H here? 
Again, this is, I believe, I know the buck stops at Vince, but this is all Nick Khan's doing. But I just understand Triple H did a great job. I understand you want to re- rebrand it, give it a new feel, refresh it. Fine, that's fine. That's totally understandable. But why go over the guy who created it? Triple H's NXT was his baby. Why? They're just destroying him. Is this a personal? If that's the case. Is there any animosity between him and Nick Khan that we don't know about? I don't understand why. You letting the road dog go? Is he pissed about the ratings between NXT and, and AEW and the Wednesday Night Wars? I can't be. It's too like, far gone. Well, the Wednesday I, Night Wars, you got to understand something. In that, a, a buddy of mine brought this up. It's a double-edged sword because if he loses, ultimately it makes NXT inferior and it makes them look bad. If he beats uh, AEW in the wars and he ends up getting a Raw or a SmackDown rating, it's like, oh, wait yep, a minute. We, we told you to beat AEW. We didn't tell you to beat Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> so he was in a lose-lose situation then. That's what I feel like when I heard that. And then you got to keep in mind, is it a shot at Triple H or is it a shot at the brand? Is it a shot at that is dead? Black and gold is no more. There's a lot of ways you can look at it. Some will say, no, it's at Triple H. I'm kind of 50-50 on it. I don't know the guy. I would love to, obviously, like everybody else as a commentator, call a WrestleMania one day, call a big show. I'd love to be there. But from a lot of these released talents, I haven't heard a good thing said about Nick Khan. No, neither have I. No, not at all. It seems like Nick Khan doesn't even really know much about the wrestling industry itself. He's he's just so much of a, a numbers guy. I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Khan goes, hey, dude, uh, Vince, honestly, I'm costing too much right now. You might want to release me. Like, the dude is just out of his mind. There's no emotion into this at all. Like, he, it's just, it's insane to see. Like, could, is anyone safe? Could Triple H be next, even? I could don't Stephanie McMahon? Like, wh- no, that's Stephanie, where, where but I, I, I can see if if Tony Khan's fully in charge and they're going after Triple H like they are, I wouldn't be surprised if Triple H gets released. Not, not at all. Would, would Triple H want to just flat out go, even? Well, now, because remember, we talked about him, I don't know if before your time here on the show, but we talked about it on the show. Presumably, next in line, when Vince goes, was Triple H. Not Shane, Triple H. That was a big controversy back a couple years ago. But now, next in line is going to be Tony Khan. He's the one who's going to take Nick over. Khan. For Nick Khan. Thank you. Nick, do it all the time. Nick Khan's going to want to take over. So where does that leave Triple H, especially all these attacks against him? So does what does that leave wrestling in general if Nick Khan takes over? Like I can't see that being well. Not, not, we're not even just talking WWE. I can't. That can't be good for wrestling. Nick Khan yeah. takes over for the family. He'll sell it. He's fine. You know, it's funny. I was at a point where I remember I was at a point in my life where I couldn't imagine wrestling without Vince McMahon. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't imagine Vince McMahon without wrestling. Say whatever you want. And now I'm at a point where it's like you can say whatever you want about the WWE and their product, negative, positive. But I'm going to be a total honest person. I don't want to see a world without Vince McMahon. I mean, yeah, I was I was seeing the same about I don't want to see a world without Betty White. I don't want to see a world without Sydney Portier. I mean, eventually we're going to see a world without Vince McMahon. Sydney Portier. 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 What did I say? Aren't you French too? Aren't you half French? I have the worst excuse for French possible. (laughs) 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 But. You know, like we are going. Realistically, we are going to live in a world where Vince McMahon is no longer around, one way or another. I think Vince McMahon is going to die in his office, uh, doing what he loves here. Oh, it, he'll be mummified. Yeah, <laughs> he'll be mummified. It's it's just a matter of then, like who takes over next. And it seems like yeah, Nick Nick, Nick Khan. So where's the line, man? Where's the Triple H? 
Take care, comb your hair. And like, yeah, people can say what they will about WWE right now. And honestly, I've said a lot about WWE before in the past. Like, you know, these releases, they're they're disheartening. The product, uh, a lot of it kind of feels stale. But, you know, Vince McMahon did create wrestling, and the modern-day wrestling that we know it's in love today. He helped mold that, shape that into what it is. WWE is still, whether you like it or not, the big dog on the block here. It's the number one show in the wrestling world. So there would be a trickle-down effect here. If, if WWE folds, if it fails, AEW is going to feel it. Impact's going to feel it. MLW's going to feel it. The indies will feel it. We'll all feel it. Yep. So that's why I, I feel like this is so important to watch right now. Whether you swear, I'm canceling WWE Network, I'm canceling Peacock, stop. Like, right. this, this is important. And I want to, it's funny you bring up canceling. Lance Storm years ago said, if you really want to show WWE what you think about their product, you stop watching it. Yep. You don't watch it and then go on Twitter and then bash it. But now, all of wrestling, all of wrestling has all types of competition. Because instead of watching SmackDown tonight, I could have read a book. True. Or yeah. I could have watched, you know, a sitcom that airs on Fridays. Or I could have done a podcast. Or, like, everything is competition. I don't think this whole war with any company, with any Fed, is indicative necessarily of liking and disliking. I think we're in an era where there's more than one option than television. Well, I think it was Vince McMahon. It was it was some it was either Vince McMahon or it may, may have been Triple H. Uh, some representative of WWE a few years ago did say that not even just MMA at that point because MMA was hot, UFC was hot uh, before AEW, but they were talking about like, all forms of entertainment they view as competition, and rightfully yeah. so. You know that was starting to be the rise of streaming, yeah, uh, Netflix and whatnot. Uh, it was it was at that point. And, you know, rightfully so, because they are world wrestling entertainment. They stress entertainment. They're sports entertainers. And uh, if you look at Raw, I mean, it, Raw for God knows how long now has been a variety show, if you will. Yeah. It's been like a, an SNL for wrestling. So, like, yeah. I mean, that, that's a smart business move to make, to view uh, all forms of entertainment as your competition, not just wrestling. But that's the thing. That's the thing that a lot of fans don't understand. That's what wrestling's been for so many years. Guys, let's just focus on WWE because you can't compare WCW to it. Go back to Saturday Night's Main Event was a variety show. You got your matches, your backstage interviews, and your vignettes and your segments. So if you were channel flipping and you didn't know wrestling and you put Saturday Night's Main Event on, but you saw those vignettes for Rick the Model Martel, you thought they were commercials. <laughs> yeah, true Tuesday story. Night was a talk show. That barely oh, that barely aired matches. Ken Patera, Andre, they were breaking things on the show, and you're like, oh, this guy is a wrestler, and he's breaking, you know, weights and lifting up cards and stuff like that. Look at Raw, guys. If you look at the Attitude Era, the Attitude Era is a two-hour variety show. <laughs> well written, well written variety. It was like Mad TV, if you will. Yeah, so like that's what wrestling's always been, you know. And then I guess it, you know, you mentioned well-written. I guess it comes down to the writing, and some weeks it resonates, and some weeks it doesn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I felt that about SNL for the last few years, too. Like, the writing's just not there for really? me. It'll be a hit or miss. Really? Yeah. I think I saw yeah. it this past couple of years. Oh, dude, for, for real, like, the last few years, man, it just, like, I'm loving it, it just hasn't uh, been resonating. I gotta say, since, was, Putty, was that last one, SNL 40? That, that was... last big one? The, the huge one that was uh, four years ago. Uh, yeah. 
was that SNL 40 where they had uh, Eddie Murphy come yeah. back and everything? Well, for the first time, he hosted uh, the Christmas show for 2020 or 2019. Right, 2019. So my opinion, SNL, I think since the 40th anniversary, they've been killing it. Yeah. And if you okay. look at – and then if you look at the last two months of 2019, it was fucking home runs. Yeah, I totally agree. Interesting because I get honestly, I remember I was watching, I was paying attention a little bit more because I love, I, I'm a little political. I, I always love SNL when I think they do the the, the debate so well during the election. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's their highlight. And I love that. The ratings go. For and this. I just felt like it was, I I feel like it was just so over the top this year. Unless maybe the fact that the real thing was just so ridiculous as well that it was well, probably better. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that like how how do you how do you uh, do satire in this? Yeah, because a lot of people thought the uh, actual debates were the skit, and SNL bits were the real debate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe I could give them a pass in that. I don't. Know, I feel like me personally. I mean, we're just, I'm gonna talk about SNL right now, but like, I feel like SNL has been like more misses than hits for me uh, within these last few years, and that's what I've been feeling about Raw. I mean, again, this is my own personal opinion, but uh, you Raw, know, to tie that in together, I think Raw, you're the majority. SNL, you're the minority. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I, I'm, I think, I'm also, I think Putty's uh, got a point on that. I'm sorry. Can you say that yeah, again? I, mean, he, I, I didn't hear you. Can you say that again, please? I think I think Putty's got you right on that. Thank you. Oh, I mean, two against one right now. So, <laughs> I mean, SNL <laughs> is one of my favorite shows of all time since I was a kid. So I can talk about that all night as well. Is there anything okay, else one of my dreams is to host SNL. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, mine too, like, buddy. Let's bang it out. Bye. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Awesome. Yeah, I, go- I just want good seats. <laughs> every year I, I don't go. I give a shit who hosted first. I just want good seats. Every you year know, I have friends. Every year I've, I've, tra- I've even done extra work in SNL, uh, and I'm actually jealous of them as well. Like I, I have a friend, actually, a good friend of mine, who was an extra for SNL. He got bumped up. He was a, um, he had a line. Nice. He, had, he went viral. Uh, he had a clip with nice. um, oh, Leslie. Uh, what's her name? Jones. Leslie. Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones. When she was uh, Amorosa. Oh, nice. Okay. On, yeah. uh, a weekend update. He was like the FBI guy that was escorting her off. Oh well, nice. Yeah. So well, like, no. You guys might beat me up. I know one of the costume designers. Oh, oh please, that's the okay. way in. That's the way in. Let me know. That's the way. But they don't need it's so, it's so cookie. So like, I know a bunch of writers, not necessarily in SNL, uh, but I know a bunch of writers that are, are trying to get in. It's I hear about that world is just super yeah, clingy. Me too. Uh, oh, yeah. Super clingy. Like you definitely need a huge in to get within that world of SNL, but. The wrestling podcast. We got to move on to hear what's tre- uh, what's trending. Oh, there's more. Walter was also making some waves this past week. Wrestle Talk at Wrestle Talk underscore TV. Walter is officially set to move full time to NXT 2.0 with his final NXT UK opponent being named for next week. That's big news. There, uh, he's a staple for NXT UK for as long as NXT UK has been going on for. Uh, people have been clamoring for him to go across the pond full time, and here it is. Uh, fiending for followers at Fiend for followers. Walter is wrestling his last match at NXT UK. The Royal Rumble is this month. Interesting. Will we see Walter in the Royal Rumble? Can we see a showdown between him and Brock Lesnar in the future or, or whoever at this point? I mean, Walter, he's an interesting dude, man. Uh, a lot of people are like, they want to see him skip NXT, uh, NXT and go right to the main roster. What are you guys' thoughts on this? I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the Royal Rumble. You know, the rosters are kind of thin these days. But we knew he was coming to NXT. Talked about many times in the show, NXT UK is the new NXT. Being people called up to NXT. 
So his rifle place is right now where he's supposed to be with Imperium now, especially on 2.0. So my surprise, good for him. I'm looking forward to his All career right, sure. here at NXT 2.0. I hear a lot of good things about him. And I see his great match, was it in Stand and Deliver or over the summer for the NXT UK Championship against um, who the new champion now is. But yeah, good for him. It, I don't see him going to the main roster right away because I don't think he's that popular. He's very popular in NXT. Another topic we talk about all the time. There's a disconnect between the main mm-hmm. roster and NXT fans. So I don't see him going to the yeah. main roster right away. Have a nice career in NXT 2.0. And then he'll be in the main roster. But the Royal Rumble, I could definitely see him going into it. Cody made a great point. I think he's very popular in NXT. Uh, I don't think he has brought in the horizon of the main roster yet. And the Royal Rumble is the best place to do that. We've seen that with NXT stars uh, like uh, Ty Dillinger when he was... Um, when he was uh, there, 10? now he's Sean Spears, of course, and various other NXT stars. Uh, I remember when Bo Dallas was in the Rumble. Yeah. You know, so we've seen that. I think the Rumble's the best place to kind of calibrate where True. his reception is at. Um, I don't see him going to the main roster right away, but Putty made the gr- 100% agree with him. I think the Rumble's going to be where it's at. And he's one of WWE's last in-house wild cards, right? Yeah. He can go to NXT 2.0 and breathe fresh life into it and fit in very well. And I think that's the better bet. And then not for nothing, who's to say that he and uh, Braun Breaker won't get into a bomb feud. Yeah. And Breaker will hit the main roster first, guys. True. I can see that too. Hey, you know, Braun Breaker is get, definitely getting a lot of love right now. And I, I don't think it hurts the fact that Rick Steiner is his father. Uh, but, you know, Braun Breaker definitely has the best of both worlds between Rick and, St- and Scott. Uh, bringing that into the ring. He, he definitely has... I don't know if he has the it factor, but he has some form of it factor. He yeah, definitely has a good foundation there where it can grow to something good here, where he could possibly, dare I say, be like the next John Cena type when he goes to the main roster. But, you know, we've said this many times before about different NXT talent, and we've been proven wrong. I mean, you talk about the Royal Rumble. Keith Lee uh, had a big moment in the Royal Rumble where Brock Lesnar kind of put him over in a way. Yep. You know, with, uh, the famous, he's a big boy. And, uh, you know, big pop there when Keith Lee went face to face with Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble. You know, if Walter has a case like that with, I mean, Brock Lesnar's not going to be in the Royal Rumble at this point because he is champion. But uh, God, puts insert person here, uh, Drew McIntyre. I don't know, he's injured. God, yeah. who would it be? Braun yeah, Breaker, Biggie. I think he's. I think he's back post Mania. McIntyre. Braun Breaker. So maybe, maybe, maybe Biggie. Walter. I'm talking about Walter at this point going to the Royal Rumble. Uh, wouldn't be because uh, Keith Lee made a big splash. Killer Cross, we also thought was going to be a shoe in for a main star in, in, in uh, the main roster here. Yeah, but now look, uh, look who's backing him. There's new, there's new, there's new regime. The do you think told. the new regime is, is that going to help? Is, is Walter going to be the next guy to go up there in the main roster, eventually kick some ass, or is this going to be another flop? I don't think so. I think like, I, 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 I think can't it, help it. I'm sorry to cut you off. I, I, I can't help but think it's going to be another flop because of the fact that like we've been we've been having egg in our face so many times with the last. So many call-ups, they were like, oh, this is definitely going to be a big star. This this gun's going to be a big star. Oh, no, no, this one's going to be the big star. Yeah, but there was also there was a disconnect between NXT and the main roster. Now that the main roster right. heads are taking over NXT, if you're going to get called up to NXT, to the main roster, quote-unquote, it's going to be for a reason. Ron Breaker is not going to get lost in the shuffle. Walter's not going to get lost in the shuffle because the guys running the main roster are now also running NXT. Correct. Interesting. And you know what? To be honest with you, the one guy that I think is secure is Champa. I think if Champa was to come out in the Rumble, get a, an incredible reception, 
I think you could see him on Raw or SmackDown a couple of days later. Interesting. Tampa doesn't want it though. I think he's Tampa the next one to go. He doesn't want to go you to go with the main roster or go uh, like release. leave WWE. Release? I think so. Too. Well, also I, I mentioned, I, I'm I, the other way. I think he might stay. I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. I think I think it was you, Mark. Maybe might have been a guest host. That Champa publicly said he does not want to get called to the main roster. Right. Many times. But the person I was talking yes, to correct. the person I was talking to said, Well, this is a different horse. It's a different time. If if your boss is telling you you go to the main roster, you get released. He might go to the main roster. I don't see him being uh, a spot for him in the main roster. I see him better being released because he's a, another Triple H guy. Yeah, I mean, take care, comb your hair. I, I know it's, it's another Triple H. Do you think? Okay, so going back to Triple H here, you've talked about before, Putty, about there's a rumor of another promotion being bought here. Is it possible that Triple H, seeing what's going on here? Because uh, listen, man, I produced. I've seen my like when you produce something especially for as long as Triple H has, uh, you know, that's that's like a baby of yours. And, and to see your it, – it's, it's almost like, hey, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not well right now because he had a cardiac incident. Yeah. Uh, you know, please, like, you know, watch after my child. And you see this fucker just trampling on your child, just fucking up your child over and over yeah. again, and you now your child's dead. Like, that's heartbreaking. Not only dead, but buried. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. I mean, I, I like, if I'm Triple H, I'm feeling a certain way about it. Do you think Triple H would be at that point, like thinking back and he said, like, dude, there's a lot of my boys, a lot of my girls out there, a lot of great talent out there. I got some money. Do you think it's possible that yes. he has his own promotion? Yes. I mean, what Mark is referencing to a couple weeks ago, we talked about there was a quote unquote rumor about Jeff Jarrett starting a new promotion off the topic of us talking about how there's so many talent available, especially with the closure of Ring of Honor. That there should there is room for another promotion. AEW has proven there is room for another promotion. If I was Triple H, knowing I'm not next in line to take over the E, looking at what I did with NXT Black and Gold, making it a huge third brand of the E, yes, I will leave. Team up with Jeff Jarrett. Triple H and Jeff Jarrett together? Forget about it. Boom, I mean, could they coexist is a whole other story. That's a different but... story. That's true. I, yeah. I would imagine so. <laughs> but if they can coexist, they got the money. They got the mind behind it. Look what he, look at what he did with NXT. Look what Jeff Jarrett did with TNA. Look what he did with Global Force Wrestling. I Triple think, H has got to be thinking, "What's my next move?" He's he he's has gotta, to be. He's got to be pissed. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You you're taking away my guys? You're destroying Chinese, my baby. My baby. Pretty quiet about this. What are your thoughts? I, I'm trying to mull it over. I could definitely see Jeff Jarrett make make another play at another Fed, especially with the failure of Global Force. Um, I don't know, man. I I don't see Triple H turning is back on the McMahons because guys it's not a business decision it becomes personally consequential you talking about the fact that he's married into the family well, yeah yeah yes I agree let me, I mean of I, course I, should, I, mean, I, should, I was uh, thinking about that too I should clarify I totally agree with you I don't see him leaving the E anytime soon but as soon as Vince sells and he finds out there's no position for him in the company what allegiance does he have if this is gone if, 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 if that if it actually does happen because obviously it's already broke, broken up WWE tried to sell to Disney and to Fox, you know, in 2018, yeah. 19, and 20. You know, I it, guess the sale of WWE for an inordinate amount of money, whatever it is, would be the crowning achievement of Vince McMahon's legacy. Hell yeah. Right. The problem is, again, there's consequences to it. I don't see Vince selling, but when he passes, what happens next? Um, but if it, What happens it, next for Triple H? What it, not? If yeah. WWE sold to Disney or Fox, there's no spot for Triple H in that company. And he will you would honest. have to think on a per- if we're talking about personal, 
going personally or Vince McMahon passes, I mean, like, you got to think Stephanie McMahon's going to inherit a shitload of money here. Right. Yeah, her right? thing. Yeah, but they won't uh, pick up the company, though. Right, but I'm saying, like, who knows? I, I don't necessarily know where Stephanie McMahon's role would fit if Nick Khan takes over. You know, her and Triple H would be a uh, would be a, a package deal here, well, if you there's will. There's a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors in that too. You know, who has the most shares? You know, right. uh, what's in Vince's will? There's a lot of denominators. Think about that, yeah. You know, there's a lot of denominators involved, and ultimately, you got to remember, WWE is a publicly traded company. If you know, there's a lot of private investment groups that have shares, and their last name's not McMahon. So, it it's a topic that alone could be a separate episode. Oh my god! Yeah, for sure. There's so many possibilities here. So many rumors. I can only imagine what Triple H is thinking right now because, like, dude, I'd definitely be feeling a certain way. And it's gotta be a tough spot for him because, as you mentioned, it is a personal aspect here to it because he is married to this family, and now you have this this schmuck that's whispering in uh, Vince McMahon's ear. That's like, dude, is, is the world against me right now? You gotta be thinking something like that. Respect to Triple H for everything he did with NXT. Let's have a moment of silence for the original black and gold NXT because it is officially dead now. On that and note, with that, let's move on to uh, some TV takedown. After have It's time for this week's TV takedown. All right, it's time for TV takedown. Mark, what do you have for me this week? All right, buddy. So I know a lot has happened in wrestling TV this past week. That, a lot. That this, there's been a lot of momentum building up. But something kind of obscure happened on SmackDown uh, that really caught my eye. That made me really go, what? To the point that it woke up my wife mid-nap. They just kind of just dropped the ball here on this like, as if it was nothing. Mickey James is coming back to WWE in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And I was like, wait, isn't she... And before I can finish that thought, Pat McAfee says it, the Impact Knockout Champion. And I'm like, did wow. Pat McAfee just say that? Then I go on Twitter because I'm like, did my ears deceive me? And I see it. People talk about it. And I also see it on WWE's Twitter, on their official Twitter, Twitter page, yeah. making mention of Impact, the Knockout Champion. Then it goes on though. Impact's. It was interesting. It was on Impact's Twitter page as well, talking about Mickey James going to Royal Rumble. So. I am very interested in this right now because we have, well, by show by the time the show airs, uh, this has already happened, right? Yeah. Hard to kill. Yep. Mickey James defends the championship against Deanna Parazzo. That's right. Does Mickey James drop the belt then? Is Mickey James done in impact? This is what I'm thinking here. Like, it's a double-edged sword. Like, there's no way. He's also committed to NWA, don't forget. True. Very true. That's her home fed. There's no way. You mention Mickey James being the Impact Knockout Champion without meaning. So either one, she drops it Saturday night to Deanna Peraza, which many people assume is going to happen anyway. Or why would you mention it unless she shows up with the championship? Right. And in which case then, do they bill her? There's no sense of mentioning her being a foreign Fed champion, a Fed you guys have not mentioned except these WWE documentaries on the network with the hardy boys specifically and right. Jeff jarrett and sting and aj and yourself yeah those are the only two times it's been mentioned impact at all they have a working relationship together why mention a on your twitter and pat mcafee on a network show unless she shows up with that championship i thought pat mcafee just had loose lips honestly because, you know, Pat McAfee does have a lot of freedom. I thought the same thing, too, until I saw it on the Twitter. Then I'm like, all right, this is obviously planned. 
this is obviously planned. Impact had the same thing. Yeah. So obviously there's some. Then it made me think: Is there the forbidden door? Is this open now between Impact and WWE? Is there some sort of relationship here now? Like, what is going on? I don't know if well, there's a forbidden. Bring up McAfee having such freedom because I was the other way. I was like, if he's putting over that she's the knockout champion, whether he has loose lips or not, he's being told that yes. to sell the fact that oh, someone from another Fed's in the Rumble. Because it's never happened. I mean, you, you could say, like, uh, there was that brief period where, like, I think, like, uh, CMLL or AAA, remember that? In, like, the 97 Rumble. Yeah. They had some of those guys in there. But, like, this is a little bit better and more prominent than that, right? Yeah. I mean, this is this is the Knockouts champion. And who was also a former WWE superstar. Someone who's I don't definitely think, Hall of Fame bound. I also don't think is contracted to Impact, by the way. That, it's another question I had. It's going to be very interesting to watch. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, also, like, is it by the way? I'm thinking. In fact, that we do have a working relationship together, going back to the Christian very Cage, loose. very loose, very loose. But going back to the Christian Cage, Ric Flair scenarios from the Hall of Fames, I think like eight years ago, they have a working relationship with the network and their documentaries. So there is an open door there. But to this, this is just it, it's what? a it's a major yeah it's a major move it's a major yeah and like it makes it does make me think a lot here like. Because, yeah, we know Impact tends to be pre-taped, but, but the, the month, pay-per-view yeah. is live. The pay-per-view is live. Are they, are they going head-to-head with Battle of the Belts, guys? Yes, they are, actually, yeah. Interesting. So, I mean, there is a real chance, because you bring up a good point, because they stressed all around Impact Knockouts Champion. Impact Knockouts Champion. So, so she has to show up with I the mean, belt. She has to show up with the fucking belt. She has to show up with the belt, right? Maybe mid-ring. Stare down with like Charlotte Flair, maybe they're one and two. But then, how is this booked? That's how like, is this booked? They, that's is, the is, is, question, Mickey yeah. James, is Mickey James going to show up in there, kind of like how she was in her last run at WWE, kind of just like an afterthought? Or are they going to build her up back to like the legend that she was uh, back in the early days of WWE and, and what she is today in the rest of the wrestling world? That is the million well, dollar question. Fair, if she's friend. in the Rumble, it, it's just it's a surprise entry without the surprise. Pretty much. So, whether, so I don't. I think you're thinking long term if she's signed to an agreement, blah 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 blah. It's the con. I think we should keep it in the wheelhouse of somebody from Impact is going to appear on WWE TV yep. in 2022. I mean, yeah, that's that's fact. I'm not necessarily thinking long term. I maybe booked is the wrong way to, to say, but like, will she have a strong run in the Rumble? I should say because there, I think we all agree here she's not going to win. No, there's no way. There's no way she's going to win. If she does yeah. win, that that's going to open up a whole other door. <laughs> for sure. Whether hyping it, yeah. she should have a strong run at least. You're another like Edge champion. She at least final four. I want to go that far, but and you got to remember too, like I don't know how many of the women they announced. It had to be at least a dozen. Seventeen. Maybe I counted. Fifteen. Fifteen. Seventeen. Seventeen. Well, you figure Beth's going to be in it, right? Yeah, got to be right. NXT call up. <clears throat> I, I talked about it a couple years ago. I thought Raquel Gonzalez is going to be in the Rumble sooner that, rather than later. But I'm assuming because the, the E doesn't have enough women for thirty women. No, they don't. So they release so you have, many. Yeah, these legends now, and I'm assuming Raquel Gonzalez is going to get her cha- uh, Rumble appearance sooner than I expected. I think Faith is going to be in the Rumble from 205 Live, the girl with the big butt. Okay. Possibility, yeah. She'll be in I mean, got, there's still four, uh, there's still 14 nice spots left. 13, 14 spots left. You got NXT. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, the way they spoiled some surprises here, especially the Bellas and especially Mickey James. Mickey James would have been a huge surprise. Lita, Lita got announced. Yeah. Lita got announced too. So Summer Rae got announced. I didn't think she would come back to wrestling. Michelle McCool got announced. I mean, all, the, the, surprise, the, the, all the surprises. 
And there's 14 and guys, spots available. In the Rumble, she's a SmackDown Women's Champion. Yeah, there's 14 spots yeah, so available. What surprises are left? We're not necessarily even talking about that. Charlotte Flair, the women's uh, SmackDown Women's Champion, is going to be in the Royal Rumble. Is this going to be? Is she defending her championship in this, or is this just for her to possibly? No, she, she announced it today. She, if she wins, she gets to pick her challenger at WrestleMania. She gets to pick so a challenger. She's swapping, okay, she's swapping the uh, the uh, caveat of winning. Interesting. Well, that's a nice that's a nice twist, right? I mean, hopefully, not hopefully in a bad way because I'm not one of these anti Charlotte Flair people, but. You know, hopefully she doesn't win. But if she does win, the concept of the champion choosing is cool. Is her does she choose? Does she then choose the Raw Women's Champion, whoever it is at that point? Because it seems like because we we saw like the, with Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar talking about like, them challenging each other, possible a WrestleMania match, title for title. Are, are we looking at another possible like title unification here? Between like the women's championship and the men's championship, that's what it kind of feels like it's leading up to. My thoughts, you know, I, I, I love the uh, brand split. Me and Mark Schwann talked about it many times. We disagree on this, but with the current status of the women's roster, I would not be surprised if they unify it because their roster is very weak. I can see a championship going back and forth between both brands here. I think it makes sense. Um, so for the men, I'm not sure how I feel about a unification match because I feel the other way about the men's division. While I feel each brand should have a champion because there's just no enough i totally agree with you yeah. and roman reigns has kind of mastered the concept of appearing on television each week and his matches feel important when they happen because he's on tv each week but he doesn't wrestle on doesn't smackdown wrestle. yeah it's I agree a with great you, yes. catapult for like the usos as singles as a team for the new day as singles as a team and many other guys as well having said that from a financial standpoint it's not that great for them to unify the belts because guys they make money out the ass on those replicas. Oh hell yeah! So no, I mean, agreed, belt. agreed, agreed. I hate it. I listen. I, I understand business pretty well here. I I understand the fact that like you know it's a merch pusher. I hate it. I get it. Uh, I I personally think unification of belts like would make things work. I'm not justifying work. it. I, I'm not justifying it. I'm just explaining to you what their logic is. No, of course. I mean, it all comes down to the dollar. I mean, literally everything in this world right now comes down to the mighty dollar. Uh, So WWE is not excluded from that. Uh, You know, personally, I just think it would open things up creatively if they did unify the titles. But it just seems to me that that seems like something that they're exploring. Yeah. Like very openly on TV right now. exploring, yeah. Uh, So... going to keep my eye on that but going back to mickey james i'm very intrigued here about her and how this plays out here i think from business sense impact is going to be paying attention to the numbers on this on social media and the trends here uh mickey james was trending there for a bit this is getting a lot of traction it's getting a lot of steam because it's it's shocking it is shocking because fans are we're not used to seeing this in the wrestling world especially ww doesn't play well with others this is not aw announcing this yeah exactly and they don't play like mark just said well, they're in their own universe. Exactly. They're in their own universe. They never acknowledge so, outside of their universe, and they, they, at least on their mainstream TV, and they, now they are. But, well, they've, well, they've done it. It's been very rare. Company, it's a matter of now you're talking about companies and brand supremacies and stars. So that's a different hurt if a New Japan guy lost yeah. to a WWE guy and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there is that to think about as well. I think Impact's going to be paying attention to this. I, I think the numbers may sway them if they weren't necessarily making their decision already about who's winning uh, at Hard to Kill. This may sway them like, yo, we got to keep the belt on Mickey James right now. 
to have the impact knockouts championship not only just on wwe programming but at the royal rumble one of the st- four staple pay-per-views yeah. that wwe has to sh- to high to highlight that that's going to bring more eyes than AEW ever could you have to at right. this point at least you have to do it to to impacts uh brand you have to you have and to. I know that when WWE on on the network was plugging the Impact streaming service, yes. that increased their numbers. It did. I, I I am very very invested into this right now because I just find it fascinating from a business standpoint and creative. And, and I'm curious to see like you know if this works out to like you know I'm sure both companies are talking with each other and how to deal with this. Uh, if it works out to both of their liking to see if this yes. leads to any other further developments. I mean, WWE and Impact do have an open relationship, which I mentioned earlier. Going back to, I think it was Deanna Perrazzo or maybe Brett Baker mentioned, the open door has kind of been excluded to women. Yeah. The Impact AEW relationship was just about the men's. It was about Kenny Omega. It was about the Good Brothers. Basically, that was it. So if WWE can take advantage of this, maybe the door opens for that. But again, they have maybe. to, they have to let's loosen the reins of them being the WWE Universe and acknowledge former other champions, which they did tonight, which is very surprising to me. And then would that possibly, not maybe this year, but down the road, open a door between WWE and AEW? Who knows? Like th- this that, is this I'll is a big, yeah. this is a big move. Huge hey, move. never say never. But this is a big move. Yeah. So that's why I'm very curious. Again, Triple H always said he's been open for business, but now he's not. But that was Triple H. Now we have a new. He's now we have a new sheriff in town. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But yeah. that's my TV takedown. That's what I'm looking forward to see here. Uh, Cheyenne, w- what about you, man? Uh, I'm a big fan, like all wrestling fans. I'm a fan of the road to WrestleMania. It's mania season. I can't wait. I am looking forward to the outcome of this mega powers feud between uh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar over Miss Elizabeth Paul Heyman. Um, (laughs) Well said. Well said. It's one. It's one of the best, more recent long-term feuds that they've done in a while. It's being done very well. And the fact that it's two guys fighting over a guy is to me, extremely interesting. And you saw that there was emotion and love involved yeah. uh, tonight on SmackDown. I enjoyed that. So I'm looking forward to how that plays out. Like so many others, I'm looking forward to what's next for Big E. If anything, originally until tonight's SmackDown, I figured, okay, well, they're not going to do unification. So Roman will screw Brock out of the belt. Big E will win the Rumble. Big E and Lashley at Mania. And that puts you back mm. to Brock and Roman for SmackDown for Mania. All right. Okay. In true reality, there is no. If you look at the roster, the key players in the Rumble are all people that have won. So Big E winning the Rumble and getting a Mania match would be great. So, going going along with what you're saying here, though, something did break out today about Seth Rollins. How Seth Rollins was originally supposed to beat uh, Big E for the for the, um, the World Heavyweight Championship here. At WWE, and it seems like the, the, there was like mixed plans about what would happen at um, at WrestleMania. They, possibly Big E winning the Royal Rumble, but they were all, also open to Bobby Lashley. It seems like they had big plans for Seth Rollins, but now we see Seth Rollins is going to be number one contender to Roman Reigns for the Universal right. Championship. So it seems like when Roman got COVID, it messed up everything for creative yeah. here because oh, yeah. now Brock Lesnar, as we saw. You know, he won uh, the World Heavyweight Championship, which makes me think, was he going to be beating Roman Reigns? Don't know. So the, the, now that the news broke out about Seth Rollins, but in that capacity, 
it makes you now wonder if Seth Rollins is going to beat Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble, what's happening at, Ru- at WrestleMania. It seems like Big E is going to be a surefire thing to uh, be um, at least a favorite to win the Royal Rumble. A lot of moving parts here. I find it fascinating. Yeah. It's very fascinating, which I enjoy. It, it opens the door to so many questions, so many possibilities. I feel like for the first time in a while, like WWE, the, in, in both brands, Raw and SmackDown, it, it's it's not predictable at this point, especially no. with the, the the main championship here. So it makes it interesting because, you know, Raw, Raw is hit or miss. But right now, I mean, this is intriguing. This very is very intriguing, intriguing here. Yeah. There was a report. Me and you, Purdy, read that Big E was going over. You read it was Seth. So clearly there's a possibility of Seth going over, mm. even if it's at the hands of Brock Lesnar. Exactly, yeah. Hell, what if they screw each other out of the belt or one tries to screw each other, one fails, one, you know, you know, one is successful. There's a lot of variables, and it's it's the most interesting time of the year, if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, not for nothing, but WWE, again, as I've said before, you, you can love them, you can hate them. The one thing they do consistently well is they'll find a way to hook you in it yeah. was at least maybe one storyline, and it's enough to make you wonder. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen next week. Yep. So, like, I, I bash Raw quite a bit. A lot. SmackDown. A lot. Smack, SmackDown. A pretty, pretty much like you know, thumbs up for. But I do find myself tuning in. Hey, okay, buddy. To my credit, do I ever say I'm never watching again? No, of course not. I don't. Because you're a smart person. No, thank you. Yeah. So, like, again, it, they do a good job with they do a good job with Hook. My take down. Thank you for asking. It was hard for me to pick my takedown this week because it was like several. So I'm going to... Like, it was a busy week. I'm going to pretty much put them all together with NXT New Year's Evil. Beginning to end, great show. You had the opening match for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship and the North American Championship. And the main event was for the NXT Championship. Both matches were new guys, young up-and-coming talent against the old veterans. The new guys going over. That's what, yeah, that's what you want to do to build a future brand. The new guys taking right. over. And you know, a lot of guys miss the old NXT, myself included. But as a company standpoint, this is what you want to do to utilize the young talent. You have Braun Breaker. You have Carmelo Hayes as your championships, the face of your brands. Carmelo Hayes, great talent. And this is what you want. Of course, you're getting rid of the NXT Black and Gold. Now you're standing alone now because NXT Black and Gold is done. Now NXT, quote-unquote, 2.0 is just alone. And it's, it just baffles my mind how Braun Breaker wasn't a wrestler like a year ago. Look how far he's gone in that year. Yeah. He's the face I mean, of he's, he, he, he's a very athletic dude and very charismatic. But do you feel like with Braun Breaker, as as much as uh, potential as he has, uh, do you feel like this is too much too soon for him? I thought it was too much too soon until I realized the NXT roster right now and the way they were pushing him. And this match at New Year's Evil far um, past their match at uh, Halloween Havoc. 100%. Great match. You could tell he has experience now because Braun Breaker had five five matches on TV. This match showed... It doesn't seem like it. It seems like he's got more experience. This this match showed that. I'm like, all right, now it wasn't viable in October. Now it's viable. Braun Breaker being your new face of NXT 2.0. If you want to watch good matches, watch Braun Breaker, Tonsil Champa, watch... Carmelo Hayes versus uh, Roderick Strong, because those two matches just were like phenomenal. Then they show you the future main events of Raw and SmackDown. Ron Breaker, Carmelo Hayes are going to be the future of this business, and these two matches alone on New Year's Evil showed it. 
You think so? You yes. think you think Braun Breaker is, is is the future star? You think he's a future John Cena? Hell yeah! You think he's a future? I co-sign, I co-sign that. I, thank you, sir. Yeah, I, I didn't believe it at first. I didn't buy into their match at Halloween Havoc, but this match, knowing the the uh, backstage philosophy of NXT, this match showed it. Like, all right, I I'm actually it. the other way. I I I I believed in him at Halloween Havoc. Did you? All right, talk yes. about that. At Halloween Havoc, I was like, I don't know when. But yeah, this guy is gonna be a star. So Braun Breaker's twenty four years old. So he is a young, and a young chop man. He's a football star. He he had no wrestling experience until I think a year ago. Yeah, he was an NFL fullback. Yeah. Yeah. No, so that's that's an interesting note right there because the the fact that yeah, I mean he's so young. He only has like what five six matches underneath his belt right here. Uh, Clearly, like a natural in the ring. He he's grasped it very fast. He's he definitely has the mind of a sponge. Uh, not necessarily what you think for NFL fullback, but here we are. Uh, Braun Breaker, I, I think it's too early for me to co-sign on this as well. The, the, but Braun Breaker being the next John Cena for sure. But Braun Breaker is definitely the next Braun Breaker. And I don't necessarily know how far that will go, but I my gut feeling says it's going to go pretty far. Well, remember, guys, it's baptism by fire, and that's what sure. a lot of wrestling is. And that happened to guys like Orton, like Lesnar, like Cena at the beginning of their careers. No, absolutely. Like, so I, I know, and I, rightfully so, like people were raising their eyebrows when uh, WWE said they're closing the door in the indies, right? That, that they're going back to their old ways of like building up but again. That these, was uh, these athletes on their own, like have their own performance yeah. center. So, which is so also a seeing ground for NXT, if you think about it, yeah. So seeing this, I mean, like we forget, we forget because like you know we we fall in love with these indie stars. You know, like we we get to know them. Cheyenne, like you definitely know quite a few as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it kind of you kind of it breaks your heart to hear the news about them. But we, we have to remember, like especially that that draft class that WWE had with John Cena, Randy yeah. Orton, Batista, Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin. Like they weren't indie guys, and you you see how well they did. A lot of them. I mean, you see Hall of Famers pretty much Hall of Fame careers. Yeah, they all want to be. I mean, the other thing is too. They all want to be wrestlers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. you know WWE. That's the only. That's the biggest difference. Not that WWE didn't do this twenty years ago, but WWE will take football players, gymnasts, athletes. They'll take athletes from all walks of life versus that Hall of Fame class of Lesnar, Cena, Benjamin, Orton, all those guys, Batista. They wanted to be wrestlers. I mean, that that's one specific class right there. I mean, that that's a once in a lifetime class, pretty much. That, that's that's yeah. like in the NFL, we had that draft class of Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, that, yeah. that, that that's gonna once in like a blue moon that's gonna happen. Yeah. But I love them on uh, on Who's the Boss with Tony Danza. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, like WWE has had success before in the past like this. We forget that, and and I think they're going back to the roots as far as like how that went before, and it seems like that's what they're going here. Braun Breaker will be a great if, if he's a big hit, then I, I think WWE would be okay with that. Same with Carmelo Hayes. And Carmelo Hayes, he's an indie guy, isn't he? I believe so. Right. I think they're putting their all their eggs in the basket of this new Braun Breaker stuff. Yeah, no, I'm I feel sorry, like Braun Breaker, not not Braun Breaker. Um, Gable Stevens, Gable Stevenson. Oh, well, yeah, I, that, that's that. Once he TV. debuts, because they have what sixteen people already signed to their next line contract. So if he's a success, they'll have more belief on these other sixteen cup and comers to be success. But we can't believe that until we see that actually happen. So we'll yeah, see we need happens. receipts. Yeah, we need receipts because not for nothing. Kane Velasquez came in. They thought that was going to be a big deal. 
That was a flop. Yeah. I don't think it was his fault too much, but it was just it was a flop. So Yeah, I, I I'm gonna be nice because I didn't see his work in Mexico. But number one, it was a flop, and number two, that was something that I was like, this is not a good idea, and it wasn't. <clears throat> no, not at all. It was not a good idea at all. Uh, Kane Velasquez was not in WWE shape. It was a different world for him. I don't even know like how much his heart was into it. It seems like it was a money move for him at the very least. I don't know him. Don't know any insiders about that information. That's just what I perceive to be. So that's my truth. Sure. So, like, you know, Gable Stevenson, I mean, we'll see. TBD, I mean, it... it it's either going to be a big home run or it's going to be a big miss. I don't think there's going to be anyone between with, with him. Mark Schwann, like, we've been doing the show for a while now. Like, do you ever get tired of me being right? <laughs> what do you mean? Are you talking about Jade Cargill? Because the beginning of the brackets, I'm like, this is Jade Cargill's match to win. This is her title. And I wasn't denying you, though. Now, I wasn't kind denying of not, it. You kind of denied me. And no, uh, now not. here she is. She, she's the new TBS champion. I'm like, congratulations to her. A decisive yeah. win over Ruby Riot. And I'm looking forward to her future here and what she can do with the mid-card with the women's division. I got to say, by the way, on top of that really cool moment there with her daughter, I, I feel like I've become such a mushball ever since I found out that I'm going to have a daughter. So you have been, she, yes. It's crazy, man. I don't know who I am anymore. But <laughs> but to, to see that close-up, the, the, the shot of the daughter having that, that smile, the glimmer in her eye, seeing her mom win that championship – I, dude, it, it, it brought a tear to my eyes. I, I, I was that surprised was, they showed the daughter. Uh, the daughter, yeah. That was that, that was a cool moment. And whoever had that shot that's going around on Twitter with Jay Cargo with the championship with her daughter holding it yeah, uh, nice. at the ramp, that was a cool, cool, cool that, moment. That was a good photo at the top of the stage. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was awesome. So exclude, uh, excluding the daughter I'm, here, did the right woman win here? Yeah, totally, dude. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jake. You were you were right in the sense that this was made for Jade Cargill. They they announced it today, like um, because there were reactions about the whole Big Swole thing that, that was going on. Like, was this a reaction to uh, no, Big no Swole's comments? But apparently, Hell, this this was, was this was planned. Day yeah. one, it was this not time, right? Yeah, this is this is planned from the beginning of the tournament. This, as Putty had said very early on, this was this whole thing's designed for her to win. Who else would win yeah. the championship but her? Because she's undefeated. She's I mean, in the like, I, what better final opponent against Ruby uh, Ruby Soho? But boom, I mean, I mean, like I I agreed with you. Like I I remember my initial pick, which is to play devil's advocate here, because like you know, it, I mean, it's, what what fun would the show would this yeah. be if we all agreed with each other? Touché. Um, I said Chris Statlander, and I had I had right, good proof, that, yeah. I had good points to make about that. But in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, Putty's right, man. Jade Cargill all the way. <laughs> good for her, man. Good for, and honestly, good for AEW cracking a million this week. Uh, I feel like they open up 2022 very strong. So, uh, side note, before tonight, before SmackDown happened with the, the whole Mickey James announcement, I was going to say I'm looking forward to see what AEW does in just in general this year, 2022, because they open up the year strong. And I want to see how much they grow because I feel like each year so far they've been growing, growing, growing. So I'm very much looking forward to see what they do next. I have two things I'm looking forward to. Is this the last the last year that we see WrestleMania at two nights? Because in theory, if we're unifying titles and possibly brands, ultimately, why do we need two nights of WrestleMania? Mm. So number one, but the, 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 the title unification has never last long. On, the yep. second thing I'm looking forward to, which I feel is eminent for this year, AEW announces a new pay-per-view in their calendar. Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. Agreed. <clears throat> I'm in for that. 
Uh, going with the, what you were originally saying about WrestleMania two nights, I think going back to the whole money cow thing, I, I think they can milk more money off the two nights thing. They're going to see that. They're going to recognize that. And they're going to go along with it. If anything we've seen before with title unifications in the past, they don't even last a year. Also they true. really don't. I, I can't remember the last time when it lasted longer than that. So I, I'm going to say, yeah, we'll see a title unification. Uh, we'll see title unifications this year, possibly. I don't think it'll last long, and I think we'll see WrestleMania two nights being a, a sure thing going forward. Hey, what if they're not unified, and then Brock or Roman or whoever just got to defend the belts twice? Who's to say that's not an option? Let's end it on. I that. feel like, hey, the one thing that we know true for wrestling, you never say never. Totally agree, Mark. Never say never, especially when it comes to the uh, wrestling industry. And, of course, babies, never say never to you, congratulations. When's the baby due? May 8th, man. Can't wait. That's when my life is going to change forever. As a godfather, (laughs) my life will change as well. Can't wait. Uh, Cheyenne, thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it. No, thank you guys so, so, so much for having me. This was was a blast. Believe it or not, this was only my second uh, podcast interview ever. I used to be a podcaster, so I'm not used to being a guest. This was a great experience. Dude, man, it was awesome having you on, bro. And, like, you know, like, especially you have a similar background with us. You, I, you've been in the game longer. Uh, we definitely want to talk more about that as well, about you, you being a commentator and whatnot. This April makes uh, eight years. Oh, excuse me, this May. This May. Eight years you've been in this. Yeah. yeah. So, like, we, we're, I feel like we're rookies in the game compared we, we only, only done, like, what, one year, Punny? Uh, Commentating? Yeah, one year. Any advice you would give to uh, to uh, young commentators? Like, what would you give? Well, I said this on the first podcast that I was on because I find this to be a common, I find this to be a common problem, not with wrestlers, not with performers. I am finding this to be a problem specifically right now with commentators. Not so much ring announcers; they kind of have the same problem. Take this advice as you will. Jim Ross already exists. Michael Cole already exists. Be the first you. Yeah. Be the first yeah. you. And and I say that because there's some commentators out there that I am seeing that they are blatantly being the commentators that they love and grew up on. And that's great to have that formula and that base. But ultimately, you have to make it your own. Uh, quick background on me. I have been commentating since I was 13 years old. I started as a backyard guy. I can actually say that I called a... PMP match when they were rookies as backyarders, and I called one when they were professionals. And I'm probably Damn, that's the, and I'm probably the only commentator that could say that. And until because I was keeping track until last year, I called more Sunny Kiss matches than Jr. and Tony Schiavone. Fucking love Sunny Kiss, by the way. Shout out to Sunny Kiss. People in the world, be the first you. I am a big believer in dressing for the job you want. Dress like a commentator. Dress like a sportscaster. If I say that, it's going to be like a blatant shot and it's going to get misconstrued and I don't got time for that. Dress like a commentator. <laughs> dress, plus, plus, I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll gladly shoot back at him. But Good. dress like a commentator. Dress like a professional. Mind your cadence. Uh, mind your delivery. Mind your enunciation. Mind your enunciation. I'm from New York City. I'm from the Lower East Side. I'm from the Sixth Borough. So there is just as much hood rat in me as there is professionalism. So I have to, like, make sure that I am speaking clearly because, you know, my ghetto comes out, too. I'm like a male Cardi B. You know what I'm saying? So I try to make sure that I sound as clear as possible when I'm talking. 
bulk up your vocabulary. There's a reason that WWE would rather hire somebody from Fox News before an indie commentator. And part of that, besides the fact that they have television experience and we don't, is because of the fact that they sound smarter than the audience. No, facts. Uh, the smartest person that you get to hear every week is Jimmy Smits and Michael Cole. Yep. I would also I would also go ahead and I might get hate for this too, but like I would go ahead and say Corey Graves because his vocabulary is like spawn. Like my wife is an English teacher. She'll look up and be like, what did you just say? Like, that, yeah. That's that's a he, that's damn good has, vocabulary right he has there. The greatest, he has the greatest vocabulary of any color commentator ever, period. In any sport. Any sport. In any sport. If you look yeah. up light, and then if you just icebox that to wrestling, if you look up Heenan, if you look up Ventura, if you were to look up Mark Madden, Mark Madden had, has a great vocabulary. True. Um, Don West, he wasn't really a heel, but he had a good vocabulary. Say with Mike Tanay. Um, Josh Matthews has a dope vocabulary. But when he was he doesn't get enough credit. One of my favorites. But when he was heel, he wasn't really playing a heel. He was it, playing a character. He was weird. So I yeah. Can't count that. It was weird. Matt Stryker, obviously great vocabulary. Plus, yeah. it's him in real life. Uh, Matt's a great dude too. Yes. Um, bump up your vocabulary. When you are, I'm not going to say I've never done this before because that would be a lie. But I don't do it. I don't live and die by it like some of these other guys. When you're on commentary. You don't pop the boys. When you're on commentary, you're telling stories. You're trying to you're trying to solicit a reaction out of the audience. I very much right. stand by the ring is the music. You are the lyric. Oh, I like that line a lot. Yeah, I, I very much stand by that. You don't have to know like every wrestling move ever known to man. Nobody ever does. But hey, buddy, I remember you you were in your head about that at first with the moves because so, um, yeah. like. And we were telling you, man. It, to hear Matt Stryker, I hear Corey Graves, I hear Jimmy Smits uh, calling these moves. I'm like, what the fuck was that? What move is this? Well, I tell you what, it's it's okay if you don't know it because ultimately, I love Jimmy Smits. He's an MMA guy. He's going to see a yeah. move that he has no idea what it is at some True. point. But what I'm getting at is, it's okay to not know it. It's not okay to act like it. Well said. There right. are other ways. There are other ways of telling a story besides bl- saying. This is black. This is white. This is a mug. This is a drinking receptacle. This is a cup. This is a stein. This is not biodegradable. This is ceramic. You know, like there are other words. The English language is filled with a tremendous amount of words. And we just got to utilize it. Yeah. So, Uh, you know, there are people who will tell you that, you know, one day we'll hang out in person and, you know, there'll be a, a certain crowd and they'll be like, Cheyenne, tell this story, tell that story. You got to know how to tell stories. True. That's one thing I remember. I remember when I first started commenting, I, I was just like kind of like thrown in, right? I was yeah. right before, like legit right before a show uh, to replace someone. And I was like, oh shit. And I'm a perfectionist. So I was asking a million questions. I wound up falling in love with it like right away. And so I started like, you know, researching more watch like really paying attention to commentary like old stuff and i noticed that one of the great things about jim ross is that he was able to, to sell the emotion you know and then it was just a story but like they elicit the emotion out of you like I, it was an old an old clip of kane right coming coming down i was like making its rounds on, on twitter for whatever reason uh coming down to face eric bischoff and I, at that point I, I didn't remember what was going on but jim ross the way he was selling it the way he yeah. was it was just made me feel a certain way, like yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, I forgot what the fuck's going on, but I want to see Kane absolutely kick his ass right now because that's what Jim Ross is doing. And then also yeah. made, made me remember too uh, what you were talking about about Paul Heyman uh, talking. I think it was on Broken Skulls about how if Mark Henry's finisher is like a headlock, it's our job to sell the fuck yeah. out of that headlock to make it the yeah. most devastating move that we've ever seen in our lives. Yeah, you know, and, and that's that's the role of a commentator. And to touch again, to touch on your point, the biggest thing that I, if anyone could take away from this, that I learned like later on, uh, right before the co- uh, right before the pandemic, before things shut down, that I really wanted to put more into, was the fact that like, yeah, be yourself, be be the first you, because I felt like at one point I was kind of kind of falling in a trap of being like, not necessarily Corey Graves, but being a Corey Graves type on commentary, and I was just like, that's not fully me. You know, like to, to be more me because Corey Graves already exists. I, I, I have a similar style to him, but like I could still make things my own. Like I am me. Uh, so like that, that was something I wanted to like, a bit more into. Then uh, unfortunately COVID happened. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, and, and I'm a big believer of practice. I'm a yeah. big practitioner of practice. And I said this on the previous podcast was on. I call at least one wrestling match a night. Obviously not on television, but I practice my craft. That is awesome. That, like, that was advice I, that was given to I, us. I was too. taught if you want to do this, you do this. You don't play at this. And when it comes to commentary, I don't play. Cheyenne. They call you the voice for a reason. And Cheyenne, I hope to one I hope one day uh we could do commentary together. I at least beforehand, maybe do some drinks live in person. Karaoke. At a bar Absolutely. somewhere, karaoke. I, I, I don't hope, care. I hope before the BCW show, we all get to get to we all get together and get to trade notes and swap and hang out. I can't thank you guys enough for having me, guys. Check me out on Linktree. That's Linktree.com/slash Cheyenne the Voice, and please subscribe to my YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Cheyenne the Voice, for all your uh, unboxing and wrestling matches and all types of content that I have coming to you this month. Now that I am uh, potentially COVID free. Boom, there it is. Boom. And guys, you can find me at yourfavoriteactor.com. A Shot of Wrestling is now officially on there as well, so you can take a look at our, any upcoming episodes. Hollywood's Corner is on there as well, all my interview segments. So take a look at that. And uh, all, my social lead, all my social media links are on there as well. Again, that's yourfavoriteactor.com. We are in the, uh, now that we're in the new year, we're in the shadow of our 60-year anniversary we would not be here if it wasn't for you guys listening. So thank you for the support. Thank you for listening. Please hit us up on our social media, Shot of Wrestling, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, inbox at com. if you want to have your comments, questions, concerns, what we can do better, what fed you want to hear us, what indie star you want to hear Mark Schwann interview in Hollywood's Corner. Please let us know because we're focused on here in the East Coast. But there could be a guy in the Midwest, Southwest, East Coast, uh, West Coast, I'm sorry. We want to hear from, so let us know. I got a request. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you're not. Uh, well, not really because it's beneficial to the talent. Okay. But I, I want to put a request in. Go for it. Go for it's it. A little selfish, and, and when you hear the name, you'll know why. You got to get Jordan Blue from the West Coast. Mark Schwann, there you go, buddy. All right. I'll reach out. Jordan Blue from the West Coast, probably – from a women's perspective in the last three years has gotten so much popularity. She debuted right before COVID right before lockdown. 
and she's like my WCE. So I'll listen like 80 times if you get her on. Dude, no joke, man. I, I've been following her. Uh, I see what she's doing. She's been Stop crushing it. I... <laughs> so that's what I like about the show because I'm a married man. Ooh, <laughs> I would love to interview her. I would love to have her on. So yeah, for sure, man. Jordan, you're listening, man. Let's have you on. I'm just gonna reach out and see. That's why I like saying that on the show because we are focused here in the tri-state area, and when we guest on the show, they know somebody we don't. So that is an example of what we want on the show. So um, look forward to Mark Schwan getting in touch with her, and hopefully we'll get her on. Um, but we would not be here for people listening. So thank you for being a friend. So for Mark Schwan, for Cheyenne, I have been your host at Multiplay. Until next week, party up. Thank you for being a friend.